Amen. All right, so please take your Bibles, and let's all turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation in chapter 12. Revelation 12, There's a, Revelation is a very enigmatic book. Every time I read it, I realize how little I know and, uh, and, and deeply desire and want to know. So we ask that you'd please uh, read this with us. Now let's look at what it says. Now based upon what I've been saying all month, now I apologize to those who have not been here. Um, we've been kind of working through something, pr trying to prove a point about the incarnation of Christ and, and the timing of some things. So we're here in chapter 12 of Revelation. Look what it says in verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. There's a lot of speculation on who this woman is. Uh, some people believe, you know, there's actually some factions that believe this is Mary, the queen of heaven, because they believe it. But we know this is not nowhere close to true. Uh, that's a falsehood. This is Israel. This is the nation of Israel. Now, if you want to, there's many ways to prove this. But look at verse 6. It says, the woman. The woman that gave birth to the child, the woman, what'd she do? She fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So we know this is Israel that is running to Petra during the tribulation. She's the woman that gave birth. Signified, now when you go back to, it says, what does it say about this woman in particular here? I don't want to spend too much time on it. It says she's clothed with the sun. And the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now we, this is really interesting because what you're seeing is, if you go back to, I think it's Genesis 37, when Joseph had his dream, and he explained to his family that the the sun, moon, and stars all bowed down to me. Made it made his brothers so mad they wanted to kill him. They ended up selling him into slavery. The, now, what I think is so interesting is his mother was dead at this time. Her name is Rachel. But Jacob said, are you trying to tell me that your mother and I and your, and your brothers are going to all bow down before you and give obeisance? He said, I'm not saying it. God did because I had a dream. And we know, as Genesis played out, they did. The 12 stars are the sons of Israel. Now, why is it a wonder in heaven? I, I, I honestly, there's so much to say about this. The heavens have a lot to do with what takes place on this earth, and vice versa. So, the, I believe that the 12 sons of Jacob were all born on a different month, which means every one of them would have been born on a month of their own, which is uh, corresponds to the zodiac, the, and the 12 major constellations up there in the sky. So there's a correlation there to them. Now, I'm, I'm, 
You want to know more about it, I will try to explain it to you later. You can ask me questions on that. Um, or you can get the book, World Without End, and look at the last chapter. It's in there. All right? That's how I see it. The Israel is going to... All the 12 constellations, the 12 major constellations, correlate one, each one of them to a tribe of Israel. And the insignia that they had upon their flag when they camped in the wilderness... Judah's the lion. It's a good example. Um, Reuben is the man. Reuben is the water bearer. Man is the only, that's Aquarius, by the way. Where, Reuben is the only creature on earth that can carry his own water. All other, the animal kingdom has to go to water. Man can bear water and carry it. We manipulate water all the time. We do. You know, because why? We signify Reuben, who is the man who dwelt on the south side of the tabernacle face, uh, facing south. Now, all the 12 tribes have these uh, insignias, so there would be a, a corresponding constellation up in heaven that correlates to them. But the main thing about this is I'm trying to get to is, is that they did something spectacular. This woman, she bore a son. She gave birth to a child. Right there in verse 2, it says she travailed in birth and she pained to be delivered. Who is this child that she gave birth to? It plainly tells. It's the one that's going to rule all nations and the one that ascended up to heaven. That can only be one person. The Lord Jesus Christ came through Israel. Right? So we have this virgin birth and the incarnation taking place at a certain time on this earth. The Bible says when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. That's in Galatians 4. That was on the basically year 4,000 of world history. About 2,000 years ago, Jesus came into the earth. It was the perfect timing on God's prophetic clock. It's the fullness of time on God's prophetic clock. And so you find that she gave, this, she gave birth. Now, there's a lot more to say about this to, to basically to convince you that this is speaking of Israel. But look what it says in verse 2. We've got to move on or I'll, I will not get this done. It says, but there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and it cast into the earth and the dragon stood before the woman and what's he going to do? She's ready to be delivered. He's, he's to devour her as soon as it was born. If we could understand, you know, we, we see the little manger scenes and how it seems seemingly insignificant the dragon was waiting to devour him when he was born. Isn't that what it says? And when the multitude of angels came down on the night that Jesus was born, maybe it's possible they came down to protect because this is this right here is the major perp reason there's war in heaven that's coming soon. It hadn't happened yet. There's going to be a major war in heaven. And blood's going to drop. All right? Blood's going to fall from heaven. Because these fallen angels are going to die like men. They were made ministering spirits and, and flames of fire. They're spirit creatures or beings. Creature's not the right word. But there's something big going to happen. 
One-third of the angels are going to fight against two-thirds of the angels. And Michael, the captain of them, is going to win. And that's found coming up. But it says that this dragon, who is Satan, what did he do? He drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, the, the book of Revelation, it, it, it reveals many places where stars are falling. And we know in biblical history that angels have fallen in increments or at different times. They didn't all fall at once. The fallen angels didn't all fall at once. Now, we know that some fell when Lucifer fell. There's no way he could have done the destruction he did all alone, I wouldn't think. But he is a very powerful creature. We know in Genesis 6, some of the sons of God fell. We know that the Bible talks of evil angels in Psalm chapter 78 that God unleashed on the heathen and on Israel, on, actually on even uh, Egypt. We know that according to 1 Corinthians 6, it says that we will judge angels. And it says, oh, first chapter 11, it says women ought to watch themselves because of the angels. Now, either the angels are watching or the angels are going to rebel. We also know in the tribulation period, the Bible says the stars are going to fall from the sky. Daniel 8 actually says that they're going to fall and be cast down. And these are angels yet to fall. Haven't fallen yet. So, and, so there's a lot going on there. Now, uh, but when did the... When did the bulk of the angels fall? Where it says one-third of the stars of heaven were cast down and, and actually became, they no longer are God's angels. They are called Satan's angels. That's the end of verse 7. They're the dragon's angels. Now, what happened there? Something I believe that Lucifer's fall led the way for all these others. And I believe that a truly an elect angel will stay elect forever and ever. He's the elect angels. All right? God knows who the elect angels are. Nobody else does. It will be proven. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then shall he say unto them, Jesus, under the left hand, depart ye from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. All right, so the hell is prepared for the devil and his angels, but many men are going to follow. Because men follow pernicious ways, false teachings, false doctrine. Uh, they follow in Satan. Now, let's, let's take a look at something here. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but let's look at Isaiah in chapter 9. And look what it says. This, I think this is pretty uh, interesting here, what we're about to read. All right, Isaiah chapter 9. Now, the famous one is what? In verse 7. But did you hear that one during the last month? Did that one get quoted? All right, look what it says. Let's look at verse 6, excuse me. For unto us a child is born. This is, the, this is the same prophecy of Revelation 12. 
Unto us a son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulder, and his name should be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That means throughout all eternity, Jesus' kingdom will grow. It's not going to reach capacity, and then that's it. It's going to, there'll be no end to his kingdom. The increase of his wonderful, wonderful kingdom. This is pretty amazing. Okay, so he goes, establishing that a child is going to be born in Israel. And, he's going, and the whole government's going to be upon his shoulders. Uh, he's going to be the savior of all men. He's going to be the Lord of all. He goes to preaching to Israel. And he says, let's just look at verse 12. The Syrians before, the Philistines behind. There's judgment coming. And it says, They shall devour Israel with open mouth. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. He says, I'm going to use the heathen to punish my people. And if they would repent, I will return them and turn them. But didn't happen right so he says my anger still out my hands on you still out so look what it says in verse 13 for the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them isn't that amazing neither do they seek the lord of hosts therefore the lord will cut off from israel head and tail branch and rush in one day so i'm cutting the head off i'm cutting the tail off of israel and it's going to happen in one day now look at verse 15. The ancient and the honorable, he's the head. The prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tell. Do you see that? So the leader, the head of the nation, the ancient men, the honorable men, those who have, are actually in charge, the rulers, they are the head of the nation. But there's a tell back there that's swooping. There's a tell and it's the, it's the prophets. The prophets are preaching either, they're supposed to be preaching the truth, and they are preaching lies. And the tail is swishing, you know. Uh, if you think about a tail, uh, a tail gives, I know the tail gives a balance to a lot of bodies. And it's used for swishing and mesmerizing, especially a dragon's tail would be used to whip and, and to catch attention, but also to bring things down, right? What well, says here that it's the prophet that teacheth lies is the tale. So we find how, that basically we see here, how did Lucifer manage to get one-third of the angels to follow him? He used that tale. Because it said in Revelation 12 that by his tale he drew a third of the angels he taught a lie to them he taught a what do we call that a horrible magnificent lie that was contrary to God's truth it was contrary to what the incarnation of Jesus Christ something that went against God's son and they followed it you say how can this be well men do it too men follow it too he was he managed to deceive a third of the angels of God. And it says with it, he cast them down. They followed him. 
Go back to Revelation 12 with me, please. We're in Revelation 12 again, and we will continue this narrative here. And what's interesting about Revelation 12, it's a parenthetical chapter in the book of Revelation. Revelation is for the most part chronological, but there's parenthetical chapters in there. And what's interesting about Revelation 12, it's talking about the past, it's talking about the now, and it's talking about the future. And you have to discern which is which. Now, look at verse 5. So in verse 4, it ended up saying this dragon, let's see it again now that we read Isaiah 9. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. His tail did it. Teaching lies. False prophecy. They followed it. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered to devour her child as soon as it was born. So what's the timing here? When, what's the timing? There's a birthing taking place. Right? God's son is going to be begotten on a certain day. This day have I begotten thee. Psalm chapter 2 verse 7 says. This, so there's a timing element here. If you put the timing together, you see that these angels that followed Satan, they rebelled for a purpose. And they probably tried to aid him in the devouring of the child. Then in verse 5 it says, he, She, this is Israel, brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. There it is. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now if you follow the history of Jesus' birth all the way through to his life, they tried to kill him multiple times. They tried to thwart the will of God Jesus' whole life and never succeeded. He said, my hour is not yet come. Well, when timing was right, once again, everything's about timing. When the timing was right, 33 and a half years old, it was time for Jesus to be the perfect man, the perfect sacrifice for the sins of men, and he died on the cross. God, this was a feat of God. Satan did not kill him. He said he was smitten of God and afflicted, and Jesus said, I lay down my life. No man taketh it from me. This was God did this. God's son willingly gave up his life. If you really study it, it's almost like Satan tried to stop it because it says when he died on the cross, he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. That's Colossians chapter 2. He it was the greatest slam dunk victory in the history of the world. Everybody thought it was such a tragic, tragic loss. No, it was the greatest victory because it was God's son fulfilling the will of God where Satan right here from the day he was born tried to stop him from doing it. He got caught up into the throne. So then it says the woman fled into the wilderness where she had now this this jumps all the way to the tribulation period. Two thousand years. The narrative or the prophecy jumps all the way to what? Right before this war in heaven's about to take place. 
See, it's all about what is taking place. So the Israel, who's the woman who's getting persecuted, even right now. You know, I, she's getting persecuted. It's, her name is Israel. They hate the Jews. And so she's being persecuted. Did you know that after the church is gone, all the mystery of iniquity will run rampant, and they're going to try to wipe out. They're going to make what Hitler did look like nothing. They're going to try to eradicate Israel off the face of the earth. And it basically says God will prepare a place for them in Edom, in Petra. Some of y'all might have been there. Ever been to see it? There's a place out there, the lost city of Petra. God's going to lead them out into the wilderness, which is what it said. He will protect them there for 1,200 threescore days. That is three and a half years. That is called a time, times, and half a time. Because a year is a time in the Bible. And he's going to protect them. Meanwhile, you know, they're doing all they can to destroy Israel. And look what it says in verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. I believe, and we could we could teach on this uh, more because I'm not really done, but I honestly believe the angels rebelled off of a, some false doctrine that Lucifer himself taught them and got them to follow him in rebellion against God over Jesus Christ becoming a man. The angels rebelled because God became a man. And so man, who fulfilled the law through Jesus Christ, now Jesus what? He says he was, he was caught up to the throne of God. That's what, that's what Satan wanted originally, the throne of God. He wanted to be by him. He wanted to sit in the place where Jesus is sitting right now. He tried to get it by will, by presumption, by force. He didn't do it God's way. And so now a man is ruling the universe, the man Christ Jesus. He's on the throne right now, and the Bible says, oh, we've studied this in Ephesians, that we are blessed and seated in heavenly places in Christ right now. Little old me and you are in on this. And. You will get to dwell on the sides of the north with God where Satan tried to force his way. You'll get to live with him. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? We don't understand these things. And I think that's what the, whole, the, the fallen angels who followed Satan are going, what? You, why men? Uh, let, me, let, me finish, let me finish by, oh, and if you ever want to know why life's so tough on you, you got one-third of the angels that hate your guts because you got saved by the man-child that they were trying to destroy.
So they hate us. You want to know why life's tough? That's why. And it'll make you appreciate heaven a little more. When it's all over and the toughness is gone, we'll really get to be able to appreciate heaven. Now, the prophet that teacheth lies, he is to tell. I have a real problem with people who teach false doctrine, what the Bible calls a damnable heresy in 2 Peter. This is teaching doctrine that if a person follows it, they're going to burn in hell forever and ever. That's what it means. If you teach that Jesus is a created God, a lesser God, a born God, that's a damnable heresy. It, God himself became a man and died for our sin. Jesus is God. He's Jehovah God. All right. If somebody teaches opposite of that, and then they teach that you can't, that you can't keep be saved and forever, they're basically what they're saying is they are rejecting the saving, keeping power of Jesus Christ. He's the one that saves us when we believe on him through faith, and he's the one that keeps us saved. Right? If you believe that you can lose your salvation by a deed you can do, that's really no different than believing you can get saved by a deed you did. Right? We can't. We get saved by the grace of Christ. Amen? All right. So anybody that teaches this, they're really going to get it. Turn over to Romans chapter 16. We'll just look at a few verses on this. So I want you to remember, when you, when you hear the, I heard, that, I heard that the Mormons knocked our door yesterday. I got the, yeah, we already got our first heretics. We never got those where we used to live. Man, and Rebecca was shutting the door on them when I was walking in. You know, these guys are coming with, they're preaching another Jesus. It's not the, it's not the Jesus. It's not the one, it's not the G Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord God Almighty. It's not him. It's a different Jesus. It's a different gospel. Anyway, they are swishing the tail. Why do people follow this stuff in droves? Because the Bible says the false doer giveth heed to false lips. People, liars love to follow liars. They love it. They really do. But just watch it next time. The Satan is moving the tail. He's gathering people to and now what the word devil means to cast down. He's he's down. He wants to take you with him. He wants to cast down as many as he can with him when he goes down. All right, so Romans chapter 16. Look at verse 18. For they that serve such, or excuse me, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. It's by words that whatever, you can imagine, whatever Lucifer did, he used words. And the prophet that teaches lies is to tell. He used words to deceive. They do it to people. They come in and they sweet talk you and they smooth talk you. And it's not sound doctrine. And people follow this. 
and through their fair speeches they are deceiving the simple. Look at Second Peter chapter two. We're almost done. Second Peter in chapter two. Oh boy. Look at verse one. But there were certain false prophets also among the people. Sounds like about right now, doesn't it? Even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in what? Damnable heresies. You thought I was just cussing, didn't you? It's right there in the Bible. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious way. See, they're whooping that tail and people are following it. Many shall follow, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So they make us into the bad guy. We're the, we're the ones that are spoken evil of because we hold, we're those uh, closed-minded, intolerant Bible believers. And then through covetousness shall they with feigned words, boy, that's what Lucifer did. They, they learned this one off of him. Feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. Merchandise. Souls of men are merchandise to these people. Don't ever, okay, don't ever fall for the fact that a false teacher that does not preach salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and that alone saves. Nothing else. If they add in all these other or they take away from that, they're a false teacher. Don't ever think they just got all They've got a good heart and they just got a little bit, they're just a little ignorant. No, they're doing it on purpose. It says right here they're trying, they're making merchandise out of people. Feigned. Feigned words means you're putting on a show. You're putting on a show. There's some of the, they all deserve an Oscar. Because that's all those actors are, anyways, is a fake, right? And they're not who they really are. Last one, turn to 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11. So when you study all these things, like we have all month, it, it makes me have a renewed appreciation for the birth of Christ and how important it really, really was. All right, so here we go. This is 2 Corinthians 11, look at verse 13. Just let the Bible say it, teach itself. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall what? Be according to their works. Do you see that? Do you see how important that is? This right here explains so much about what I've been saying. People have followed just like the one-third of the angels. And sadly, there's a lot more men following than a third. 
I've got to quit. The, 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 the Christian is in such a, we're stuck here in this body's of flesh. We, we can't see it unless you get in the spirit. You don't realize how powerful this is, you know, to be a Christian because we're stuck in robes of flesh. When we get released from this and we go up into heaven and we, we see it and you see the spirit world, which is the, really the true world, it, it, we have, it's all because of Christ. It's all because of Jesus Christ, and it means so much to un just get a glimpse of it and just a small understanding it can change your life. Why is life so hard? Well, you have a lot of entities fighting against you because you're on the side of Christ. You're on the side of Christ. So think on these things today. The Bible says that he blinds the minds of people. They can't even think on Christ. He's got that tail whooping. You ever watch the cat play with a mouse? And that, you never watch the cat, how they use their tail? All right. Satan is a lion. He's a dragon, too. He's whooping that tail, and people are just mesmerized by it. What you got to do is don't look at him. Go back to their first wonder in heaven, the Israel who gave birth to the man-child. That's what matters most. If you don't get, if you don't look at the first wonder, you're going to fall for the second one. All right, let's pray. Father, help us to understand the truth of these things, and we really appreciate the fact that we're saved. Once again, we don't understand, but we want to be fully appreciative and thank you from the bottom of our hearts that we did not follow a lie, but we followed the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We owe our eternities to thee. And if that's the case, we owe our lives unto you right now. So please help us to be sober and see it fully and follow the truth. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.